be discussing the games that we played this week. We're going to have a general discussion about the next-gen consoles. Overwatch is getting priority passes, and it's not as bad as it sounds. Twitch streamers report DMCA takedowns for in-game sound effects. PlayStation Plus is the only way to back up your PS5 save games, and we'll have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, well, slowly just... picking up the pieces and <laughs> uh, uh, not nearly as angry as I was over the weekend. Indeed. I, I I just looked and saw that you put Windows safe mode in games played. And I know you made that joke earlier, but seeing it here in the show notes is hilarious. Yeah. So I it was Tuesday morning, if I recall correctly, right? Uh, I contacted yeah. you Tuesday or Thursday. Sorry, no, yeah, Thursday. Yeah, it was uh, Thursday morning. And I fired up the computer like I do every uh, morning uh, to do some random shit online. And I went to go get coffee. Came back to both my displays black, and one of them flickering the taskbar uh, on and off, and just the computer would not respond to anything except bringing up Task Manager. Not good. The night before, I had a Windows update to install. And I guess it fucked something up. As it would do. I mean, you had this happen to you, right? Yeah, something similar happened. So, I started troubleshooting. And first thing I thought was, maybe OpenShell. What I do is, I run a program called OpenShell, which basically makes Windows still palatable to me. I fucking hate the UI of Windows 10. I despise it. So I'm actually running a program on my computer to make it look like Windows 7. <laughs> right? Right. Uh, so that, you know, it's not this amalgam of mobile bullshit and uh, ads and everything on my start menu. Well, first thought was, okay, there was a Windows update last night. Maybe that, uh, you know, that's not compatible right now because it's getting all the way past the login, uh, it flashes the wallpaper for a moment before it looks like something's just ca- uh, crashing over and over and over again. And since it's getting all the way to desktop, or uh, as close to desktop as you can, I uh, assume you know, drive, uh, graphics drivers are okay. Yeah, uh, I was able to boot into safe mode, so you know, hardware is likely not a culprit here. So, okay, something software-related. Open shell, that, that's my first uh, thing. Uh, reboot into safe mode, and I try to uninstall it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. In Microsoft's infinite fucking wisdom, safe mode uh, is the bare minimum that Windows can run. All right, pretty much all external you know, services are gone, and all uh, everything that it could strip away is not running. This includes right. the uninstaller for. The Microsoft uninstaller. So I spent a good hour to two hours 
figuring out the registry hacks to be able to actually restart the Windows installer server in safe mode. Because there's no easy way to do that. I mean, it's just boneheaded. It's, I, I realize safe mode is meant for troubleshooting. But you would think troubleshooting would involve you know, uninstalling shit, right? You would think so. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to get vulgar because I was pretty pissed off this weekend. Go so, for it. I mean, this so, isn't like a, you know, uh, a kid-friendly show. So, okay. I finally figure out all the hackery I need to do uh, in the registry to get the uh, Windows uh, un- uh, installer server running. Which is just, ugh. Get it running. Uninstall OpenShell. That doesn't do it. Okay. Well, next culprit would be, of course, the Windows update. Because that was the only other thing that yeah, had changed in the last uh, you know, time the computer was running. So, uh, figure out how to uh, get the computer to revert the Windows update. And then do it uh, a damn thing. So, I uh, poke you for uh, suggestions. And I found a lot of help you were. True. I wasn't very helpful this time. Uh, and honestly, well, and I know I'm mostly poking fun at you, but it's just everything I searched, it just was not helpful. And I know you had a similar issue, uh, a, a while back, but eventually I just had to, okay, fine. Admit defeat, reset the windows install for the second time this year, actually, because, uh, I had a USB driver issue, uh, uh several months ago that I had to deal with. So, yeah, I'm running on pretty much bare minimum install right now. And if my voice sounds different, it's because I screwed up my Audacity settings and I'm still working on that. I just installed Audacity literally like 30 minutes ago because it was low on the list of shit I had to reinstall. And uh, I mean, I didn't really lose data because it's just reinstalling the Windows install. But, you know, it treats everything as uninstalled programs. So it's. Uh, reattaching some things, uh, basically just pointing to Steam again. Thankfully, everything's still there. Uh, getting rid of the old, you know, dead Windows uh, folder because uh, you know that's eating up a precious drive space on the uh, on my SSD. That it seems like every single program wants to use for some reason. It's just uh, it's been a frustrating weekend. So right. that's pretty much all I got to do this weekend was just getting the computer up and running. And maybe poke around with the uh, RetroPie a little bit just to blow off some steam. But even that, yeah, it was just, ugh, right? Yeah. I would give you, I want to give you a hug and make you feel better. Yeah, but that, but first of all, social distancing. And second of all, you would grab my ass. (laughs) I would. I absolutely would grab your ass. See, I know you. You do. You know me so well. It's like we're soulmates. I love you, buddy. Hate me, hate me. Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Dirty little slut. See, now who's being vulgar? Fuck you! <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh. Well, there goes uh, Avatar Hang. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Do you, do you feel better or worse now? Uh, uh, until you grabbed my ass, so I felt a little bit better. But now, I just feel icky. I feel like I need to shower. Unclean, unclean. Yeah, it's okay. I'm having my own very tiny admin comparison tech problem 
which I mentioned this to you already, but I will say it because I can. The 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 switch in my mouse for the left click is going out. So every so often it doesn't register a click at all, and then slightly more frequently than would be uh, useful, it uh, um, registers a double click when I'm not trying to double click. So I'm going to get some replacement switches because I really love this mouse. It's like a $100 gaming mouse that I've had for years. I've had this thing since I lived at my old apartment. So about four years, four or five years. Um, it's the Logitech G602, and it's... Mm-hmm. Um, so... And the the rest of the mouse is in good shape. I mean, you know, I've taken it apart a couple times to clean it. Um, I've replaced the little feet on the bottom. Um, you know, I really like it. I like how many buttons it has and their configuration and, you know, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to spend another $100 on a mouse. And, a, a, like, a set of six switches is, like, $5. And I've got a soldering iron, so just take it apart, desolder the old switch, solder in the new one. And, I mean, worst case scenario, if I do break it, I mean, I'm only out 6 bucks. So I can just buy a, a new mouse, but I'd like to repair it, keep it around for a while. Save oh, look at it this way. If you break it, you could just uh, remap uh, left click to another button. <laughs> you know, I could. I don't know which button I specifically would remap to left click. Probably G4 or G5. G4 is the uh, G4. Miss. Probably G5. Uh, uh, miss as well. <laughs> what about G7? Uh, totally a miss. Yeah, definitely G- not. G9. Uh, now you're just, uh, cheating. <laughs> Indeed. You sank my battleship. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, that's my teeny tiny hardware thing going on. Um. Yeah, which I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that you're able to get Switches because they seem to be sold out everywhere. hi I mean, I got one of those too, so, you know. Um, but anyways, I did play one game this week, an actual game, like one new game to talk about. I played other games, but nothing that, that's worth talking about, because I played some more X4, which I talked about last week, and I played some Factorio, which I've talked about a ton of times, and I'm not going to go into that again. So, uh, I did play Tetris Effect. Uh, it came to Game Pass, although Tetris Effect is a few years old now. Um, you could get it on uh, PS4 and Xbox One. And I'm not sure if it was available on other platforms, but now it has come to Game Pass and it's got sort of a little rebrand, Tetris Effect Connected, and they added a co-op gameplay mode to it, which I don't know, we might check out at some point, but haven't touched that yet. And it is a fucking blast to play. It is so fun and relaxing. I mean, at its core, it's Tetris, right? I mean, we all know Tetris, you know, whether you love it or hate it or are great at it or whatever. Like everybody listening, I'm pretty sure knows Tetris. Um, the only sort of new gameplay mechanic that has been added that I've seen so far is uh, called um, like a little time freeze that's called in the zone. Um, and when you activate that, the blocks stop falling and like you yourself can move the blocks around and, and bring them down. Um, but they stop moving on their own. And this lasts for, uh, 10 to 15 seconds, and I think you can extend it if you get combos, which are, you know, getting more than one line, you know, clearing more than one line at a time. It extends the timer just a little bit for how long you stay in the zone. Um, but so far, that's the only new straight-up gameplay feature that I've seen added to try to mix up Tetris. 
And you might think, well, that sounds like really weird. Like, why would you like pause it? You know, what was that? You know, how does that flow with the game? Seems like it would, you know, break it up and stop it. and It would be weird, but it's not because the Tetris effect, the idea for Tetris effect is that you are playing Tetris to a musical beat and you playing the game progresses the music and sort of tells a little bit of a story through the music in a very sort of artistic fashion. I haven't seen anything that's like, ah, yes, this is the single player story of Tetris. It, but it does have like what's called a journey mode, which is a series of songs that you play through to tell some type of, you know, sort of big sweeping story effect in a Tetris effect um, through the music. And it's brilliant. I have no idea how they, they mapped this. Maybe it's way easier that I'm thinking about it in my brain, but your interactions cause the music to change. And it, it varies from song to song. So the first set are like some very nature and tribal themed music, with the first song being sort of an underwater um, techno song that starts out very subtle and subdued. And as you play through the level and the speed picks up of, you know, the actual game, because, you know, in case somehow out there you've never played Tetris and you don't know the farther you get in the game and the more your score rises the faster the blocks come in and fall down thereby making the difficulty of the game harder um and so as that happens the music speeds up and there are cool effects that happen in the background when you clear lines or do certain things and and move the tiles around and like there's this water like this sort of like bloopy water effect whenever you clear the tiles on this first level or, or clear the lines. It's beautiful. And as the, the music track changes, like I said, it goes from like this very sort of subtle, sort of quiet, mostly ocean sounds into this rising, swelling, like techno electronica beat. Like I just smiled. I just had the, like this huge grin on my face. Like, oh, this is so cool. Like it, it made me happy. Like a video game was just fun and just made me happy because it was cute and and lovely and the second song slash level was this sort of tribal themed like you think of sort of like traditional um maybe uh african tribal music it was themed around that and whenever you rotated the tiles it made like this drum beat sound so half the time i wasn't like especially in the, in the beginning when there wasn't a lot of board that was filled up and I wasn't really having to pay attention too much. I was like, just spinning the tiles, making music effects happen. Um, and, and it does it, it. Like I said, this is so cool and I don't know how they do this, but it takes what you're doing and makes the music and the sound effects sort of all blend together and actually sound good. Even if you're just kind of randomly spinning it. I don't, I don't know how it does that, but it's great. Um, and then the third one was a very modern um, sort of, what would that be? R&B or sort of like soul type of song. Um, and it, that had its own, and, and each of these have their own effects and their own color scheme and art style and different things that they do when you interact with, with the pieces as they fall, be that spinning them or making them move faster down the screen or pressing, um, the button that makes them just instantly fall down into wherever they were, they were placed. That way you can, you know, go faster each of these things do different sounds. Um, and then as you clear lines, you build up your in the zone mode. And then when you activate in the zone mode, the music 
does really cool stuff and there are like really cool um just visual effects and then as you move the tiles down and you clear and you get bonuses it's i guess probably the best best thing to compare it to is kind of like when you're playing um like a rhythm game like guitar hero over rock band and you use like the star power or whatever it's called it feels very similar to that in terms of like the way that it's like the screen gets all flashy and there's cool effects and you get bonus points and stuff so it is uh Super cool. Super cool. Very, very fun. I enjoyed the heck out of my time with this game. Um, definitely use a controller. I mean, you can play it with keyboard and mouse. And that's another thing I almost completely forgot to mention, is that they utilize the vibration function in a controller as part of that. So the controller's, like, vibrating with the beat, and you're doing the stuff, and it just, like, all comes together to form, like, this really cool, really fun experience. Um... I think I'm going to, I played it just with my, you know, my computer speakers, but I think I'm going to get my really nice Bluetooth headset out that's got like the bass boost and everything and actually uh, use that to play next time. I think that would really, 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 really enhance the effect of Tetris effect. So if it's on Game Pass, you know, or well, I mean, it is on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, definitely check this out. Um, There's no way to buy it on pc and any other fashion i don't think i think it's only available on pc through game pass um so if you have game pass definitely check it out if you've never used game pass do they still have the one dollar like first month yeah i mean playing tetris effect is worth a dollar just for you know a few hours of enjoyment that you'll get out of it even if you don't beat it because of how fun and really neat and intuitive that system is um I, it, that Tetris Effect alone is worth a dollar, and then there's lots of other games we've talked about on Game Pass that are good and are worth sort of the price of admission. So, looks like if you really want to buy it, uh, you can get it uh, just through the Windows Store, but it's forty dollars. Tetris Effect is not worth forty dollars. <laughs> I have had a fucking blast with this game. I would be upset if I had spent forty dollars on Tetris Effect. That, that's the thing uh, is that a lot of games just. And this could be a general topic at some point. Just don't feel like the price, uh, their, their full price anymore, does it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't considering know uh, both uh, Xbox and PlayStation side uh, has had execs say that they wanted to up the price of uh, AAA games to $70 uh, before all the microtransaction bullshit. Which, let's be honest, a AAA game does not cost $60. It costs, you know, $60 plus the season pass plus, you know, whatever required microtransactions there are in it. But, yeah, it's just... I was a little shocked to see uh, $40. Yeah, I mean, Tetris Effect would... Like, it, if Tetris Effect was 20 bucks on the, on the store, I'd be like, you know what? I bet I think it's worth $20. I, could, I would pay $20 for Tetris Effect. $40 is steep. Like, that's that's too much. But, I mean, for a dollar, like, if you haven't, if you don't have Game Pass, you know, pay right, the dollar. Looks like it will come to Steam next summer, right? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, if you don't want Game Pass and you don't have, like, you you know, no interest in it in any other way, I'm sure when it comes to Steam, it'll go on sale for 20 bucks or less at some point. Yeah, probably uh, summer 2022. Pick it up then. It is. It will be worth it then like it is now worth $20, but I mean, if you have Game Pass already, fucking play it. I think you'll enjoy it. It's just so fun. 
It looks like it has a VR mode as well. This would be insane in VR mode, but like in a good way. I would love to play this game in VR. I gotta get that VR headset. Anyways, that's yeah, that's the game games for, that, that I we played this week. Tetris Effect and Broken Mouse and Windows Safe Mode. <laughs> so, much wow um so yeah that's uh that's okay we'll, we'll talk about some other game stuff coming up um because it's our first quote unquote news topic is actually a general discussion about the next gen consoles and i kind of like dropped this like when we were discussing getting ready to do the show but both the ps5 and xbox one x or s or the, M-O-U-S-C. The, Xbox, the Xbox fridge edition are are both out. I, I thought it was cheese grater. It's both. It's everything. It's all of it. No, 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 no. Fry cutter. <clears throat> have you ever seen a, a, one of the old school fry cutters? Yeah, I have. I have it actually. looks so much like one of those. Yeah. Um, when I was a, when I was a kid, and my parents forced me to go to church, uh, the church that we went to had one in like their kitchen. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, I just looked out of place, but what I guess technology? <laughs> Touche. But no, it just it was like just weird, like sitting there on the counter, like in this old church building. I guess somebody had donated at some point. I don't, know. I don't fucking know. And Jesus probably, really likes French fries, and they probably never used it, right? Probably not. Yeah. Um. But anyways, I, you know, I've been just watching on. Twitter and I follow several um, video game news people on the YouTubes and have a couple of uh, video game podcasts I listen to. And everything that I've heard is somewhere between disappointed or it's like in, in one of these two camps, like they're disappointed because they're familiar with PC gaming or they're like elated because of features that have existed in PC gaming for like 10 years or so and have really been widely available for at least the last five. And um, I don't know. I don't know how to have this discussion without sounding kind of like a gatekeeping <laughs> jerk. Like I'm not trying to be gatekeeping. I just don't understand like why it's such a big deal that consoles now have at, at basically SSDs with uh, PCI Gen 3 or Gen 4 so that they can operate at speeds faster than like 120 megabytes a second or megabit is it megabytes or megabits for yes pci lanes i think it's megabytes for pci express lanes anyone out there who's listening if i got it wrong please feel free to correct me uh over on twitter or on our discord channel or send us an email at vglpodcast at gmail.com Ding. Ding. but um you know i just i just really don't understand because so, you know, having modern uh, PCI Express capabilities and VRAM and SSDs are like, okay, I mean, that's cool. Your console can now run games at a, at a solid, stable frame rate and have faster loading times. But that's been a thing in PC gaming that's been easily accessible since at least 2014 or 2015. But SSDs go all the way back to like 2000. 10, I think 2009 2010 yeah and yeah that was there. that was like a bleeding edge super expensive tech back then mm-hmm. but I mean you can get a decent both capacity um, and 
<coughs> speed and reliable or you know reliable SSD for about 50 bucks now. You know, something like a 250 gigabyte SSD or maybe even a 500 gigabyte one. Um, any you know using uh, SATA, uh, what is it SATA three? You can get transfer speeds of around five or six hundred megabytes a second, which is stupid fast for for video <laughs> game load times. Like in or you get serious diminishing returns going to the more modern like NVMe drives or something that's using PCI four. And, you know, you can get your load time down from like seven seconds to five, which is certainly a difference, but a fairly difficult one to perceive. Sony's using some kind of proprietary technology that I don't even pretend to understand um, to have loading times. And like the... it's blast processing. <laughs> Indeed. But they have they have loading times down to like the one to two second range for a lot of games. Um, like a lot of games that even on a, you know, traditional SSD setup would still have like seven to 10 second loading times. I, I don't, that's pretty cool. Although I have seen rumors that NVIDIA is putting together a similar type of technology. And I think that they're going to load a lot more of the game into, inv- into available VRAM space to make it more easily and quickly accessible to sort of mimic that effect. It's possible that you know, PS5 is doing that. But but regardless, like, that's pretty impressive. I'll give him that. Um, but that's something that's still down there in the near imperceptible range because, you know, loading an indie game or a smaller game off of my SSD is in, like, the two-second range. Like, Factorio. I've been playing Factorio a lot, you know, recently. And I can, from main menu to game start is, like, two to three seconds if I just hit, like, continue and it loads my last save. So... I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And maybe it's, maybe it's just that like consoles haven't had it and it's like a huge deal that they have them now. But I've, I've gotten so far removed from console gaming in general that like, it seems odd to me. And I, and I realize that probably makes me sound like kind of a dick, but this is coming from a genuine position of like any, if we have any listeners that are like big console gamers, I would love to have it explained to me and like a, a, you know, a genuine, honest conversation. Cause I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just trying to understand. I just imagine a lot of it is the fact that they haven't done PC gaming and that uh, I will say that PC gaming is more expensive to get into up front, but it's cheaper in the long run. So it could just be that hurdle that's prevented them from uh, getting into it to have uh, these features. Right. Uh, Possibly. That's that's the only thing I've been able to settle on. But I've even seen some people who do PC gaming that have like oohed and odd over these features. And so. Okay. Well, uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, one of the YouTube channels I follow is uh, Ben Heck, and uh, he does uh, a lot of electronic stuff. And uh, every console generation, he does a teardown. Uh, well, he wasn't able to get either of the consoles, but he was able to get the controllers. And he was so let down by the Xbox controller because it was literally the same as the Elite <laughs> uh, internally. Yeah, it was, it was like, why is this being sold at this price? Because if I recall correctly, they bumped up the price of the controllers as well this uh, this generation. I haven't I haven't seen that. Uh, I know that the Xbox Elite controller, if you buy one, they're like a hundred bucks, but they're like really good controllers. I've I've used one, uh, and messed around with them because the Elite controllers are modular, or, or at least he said they are. Um, it looks like they're only sixty, which is still yeah a bit much for a controller. Uh, at least one that you need. A second controller for uh, for couch co op, right? Yeah, 
Uh, I think the Xbox One controllers, because I, I, I bought four, or I guess three, because when I bought an Xbox mm-hmm. in 2013, it came with one. But I, So I bought three controllers, and they were, um, I think, 40 bucks a pop. So if they're charging 60 for them, then that's, uh, yeah, then they bumped the price up. Yeah. I wasn't sure what the price was on launch, and uh, because I got a PlayStation 4 controller pretty late in its lifespan, so uh, yeah. it's just... Uh, internally it's exactly the same it's just you know connecting to the new control or to the new console instead of the old console yeah uh to the point that uh okay and the reason why he does the teardowns also is that uh, this is the guy that does one-handed controllers uh for uh, disabled people yeah he makes the custom controllers yeah, yeah he's one of these that uh, does the custom controllers and he was able to just go to his old notes and say, okay, now this test pad goes to like the X button. This test pad goes to the A button. And it was testing it. He was just chuckling the entire time. It is literally the same at the inside. Uh, with uh, not even uh, any uh, corrections on some of the hardware issues. Like, uh, uh, for example, the analog sticks. If uh, they don't have their keycaps on, if you extend them uh, to the extremes, they'll stick. Because well, the they're using the uh, keycaps as essentially a uh, buffer to prevent that. Uh, it just shows you that they didn't even try to update e- any of the hardware. While the PlayStation controller, uh, while <clears throat> neat on the inside, uh, it didn't really <laughs> seem to wow him either. There was a couple like hidden screws that threw him <clears throat> off, but it was just it, it feels like a marginal upgrade for both controllers and just and i've realized the controllers they're not what most uh, most people are really excited about and even the dualshock 4 they it doesn't feel like i ever heard anybody really making a lot of use out of like the touchpad or the light bar to the point that they actually got rid of the light bar uh and uh they still have the touchpad but yeah that's just it, it feels very gimmicky that that and nobody was able to really make use of it. Sort of like uh, the trouble that the Wii had in the long run. Great first party support, but nobody was able to figure out how to make use of it. Right. And it's just I found it amusing, and actually a little sad as well. <laughs> yeah. The um something else I find interesting about this is that the general consensus from people seems to be that the Xbox this go around is a much better console than the PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. but Xbox dropped the ball on their launch titles. So the PS5 has got actual, like, several, you know, launch titles, you know, PlayStation exclusives. And the Xbox is, for the most part, relying on Game Pass, um, Game Pass and older titles that have been updated to run on the console. Which, on the one hand, I mean, that's not a bad thing, like, because um, pretty much every Xbox One game, at least from the lists that I've looked at and from what I've heard, can run at um 60 fps plus um or at locked 30 for 4k with like uh ray real-time ray tracing and hdr and other you know high-end visual fidelity features um which i mean that's pretty solid like you know doing that stuff even on a modern pc is is pretty complicated so the fact that they're able to you know do stream you know streamline the process and everything to make that work on a console i'm actually pretty impressed by that like good for them although the xbox the the new xbox kind of follows the formula of the original xbox which is like 
uh, let's basically put a PC in a console and stick that in someone's living room. I mean, that's not completely correct in here. Like, there's proprietary hardware, but from the teardowns that I've seen on, um, oh, it's not Linus Tech Tips. Like, like they've talked about it quite a lot, but I don't think they've done a teardown yet. I think it was, like, Tech by Matt or something like that. Like, a, you know, a, a, a PC gaming YouTube channel that I watch got an Xbox and tore it apart. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is much closer to, like, a gaming laptop than it is a gaming console in terms of how it's assembled. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I mean, I'm okay with them essentially cheating, but it's like, haha, you know, put a PC in the console box and and run with it, which I guess technically video game consoles are just highly specialized PCs, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's... I mean, I built a console, uh, well, I'm still in the process of loading all the software on it, but and it's, yeah. a, it's just a little computer, and honestly, but, I'm more interested in it than I am either of these consoles. Yeah. I, I think, though, that Microsoft has got the right idea to like just stick powerful hardware in people's homes, pump games into them with game pass, and then also send those games to everyone else possible with game pass on every system imaginable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, I think Xbox or Microsoft has got the right idea on that one. Yeah. Uh, and I do think, uh, well, uh, did you get a, a invitation or, or acceptance to Luna yet? Uh, uh, no, I have not. I, I was in the process of resetting uh, everything when I got it, and uh, Amazon is doing something stupid where uh, they're doing a one-week trial, and then it's something like eight or nine bucks a month, and it's just you know, I, I'm busy right now, and I just it, it just seems like a waste of time. So there's Amazon uh, dropping the ball, huh? Yeah. No, I just went to double check to make sure I hadn't missed an, an email from them. But no, the only email I have from Luna is the one that says, thanks for applying to be a beta tester or whatever. Yeah, I ended up just uh, passing on it, mostly because I know I would probably forget it. And I don't really want to pay that uh, for a month of uh, st- a game streaming that I'm not going to use. Right. Because I was still in the middle of redoing everything. But, yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen Sony start slowly inching its way towards putting everything it has on PC. I suspect in the next couple of years, we will see a similar PlayStation type of service where you can subscribe to it and get access to their games on PC, just like Game Pass and just like Ubisoft and just like EA and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's that's the way of, of the future for right now for gaming. Like the the market is unsustainable in its current form, like you know, late stage capitalism, all that jazz. There's no such thing as infinite growth. There mm-hmm. has to be a ceiling at some point. And current economic situations, you know, the world over. Um, but again, like we had a discussion last week, particularly in the United States, which is one of the like the prime markets for gaming, is uh, you know, it's not going to be sustainable. People aren't going to be able to afford all the consoles and all the games and Netflix and other streaming services for, you know, films and and TV and music have shown like this can be ridiculously profitable. So two, two more years, probably maybe three. And I think that that's where we'll be in every, you know, everywhere, everybody. And not that consoles will go away because not everybody's a PC gamer, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, that's, that's where we're going. So yeah, that's, that's this general discussion about the next next generation of consoles, and we wound up talking about 
capitalism and uh, uh, streaming services. So it was, about, it was about capitalism all along. Uh, uh, so you're this, uh, the spaceman pointing the gun at my back? That's right. Always has been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got some stickers. I'll have to take a picture and send it to you. I got them in the mail today from uh, another podcast I listened to called You're Wrong About. Mm-hmm. And that basically winds up being the theme of most of their first couple of years of episodes because they talk about something that happened you know, in, in the recent past, a relatively recent past, like from the 80s up to, you know, the aughts. And like now that we're, you know, decades, a decade or more away from it, like we can take a look at sort of both sides of the argument and what news media said and what was actually historically correct. And so that's the whole thing. And it's like, you're wrong about a thing. And for the first two seasons of the podcast, the theme was it was capitalism all along. <laughs> so anyways, I'll, I'll take a picture of the stickers to send to you later. And I don't know, maybe they can be on Discord or the show notes or something. If you, you want to see that you're wrong about stickers I got and they're they're cute, go over to our Discord. Ooh. Ding. Um. All right, so let's uh, let's move to our first like actual news topic, the the real news, not fake news, real news. Um, <laughs> Overwatch is getting priority passes, and what is boy, that sounds scary until you start reading about it, right? Indeed, what does that mean, Rage? Tell uh, so, tell the good so listeners. Basically, they're trying to push people into playing other needed classes outside of the handful that you know everybody seems to always want to play, right? Yep. So you could earn priority passes by entering a flex queue, which will funnel you into whatever role is needed most. So basically you're saying, eh, fuck it, I'll play whatever, right? Yeah. Now, this kind of reminds me of like all the troubles back in the uh, in my MMO days of getting like a healer or proper uh, uh, tanks. Uh, nobody wanted to play those roles because, you know, they're not as fun as you know, making big damage numbers, right? Yeah. And it's the same issue here is the... You know, I, I will admit, I haven't played a lot of Overwatch. Actually, I played zero Overwatch, which I think is probably the correct amount of Overwatch for me. Uh, but I've played Team Fortress 2, so I'm familiar with this type of game. I've played a lot of Team Fortress 2, and it falls into sort of that same area where you need particular classes or particular archetypes to complete an objective or whatever in this uh, in whatever game mode you're in and sometimes people just don't want to play them or sometimes you know, uh, it's not as fun to play the healer it's not as fun to uh, you know, uh, do this whenever you can play a sniper and just you know, uh, uh, do trick headshots or you know, whatever right Yeah. so you'll end up with a team that has a bunch of snipers and a bunch of spies every single fucking match because you know those are the cool classes so this is trying to even it out a bit now mind you overwatch is a lot smaller teams than team fortress 2 ever was but it's a way to try to fill things out but also you're able to bank these passes so that if you're wanting to get a lot accused in very quickly and you're good enough at these more in-demand classes uh, which they don't actually say what they uh, what they're focusing on. Uh, if it's just uh, a particular archetype, or if it's a particular uh, 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 player, or what, you'll be able to rack up a bunch of playtime really quickly to be able to just yeah you know, uh, knock them out. It's 
actually really good if you're <clears throat> good at a lot of the different uh, characters in the game. Yeah, I, I like I like the system. I, I like this idea. I mean, we'll you know we'll see how well it works out, but it sounds good because instead of like it's trying to use a carrot instead of a stick, essentially, it's saying like you can play whatever class you want, but if you play the needed classes, then you know you can get a little boost to jump up higher in the queue for the classes that you know you might rather play. Yeah, like if general. you like like uh, if a support is needed. Well, you're given priority if you're willing to play that. It's uh, actually a very intelligent move by Blizzard, and I'm honestly a little shocked. And, and no, you cannot buy these priority passes. Oh, God. Uh, you earn them by uh, entering the uh, flex queue. How long until you can buy the priority passes? See, that's uh, where this goes awry, because yeah. I don't fucking trust them. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the thing, is that whenever I solve this, uh, yo, Overwatch is getting priority passes for faster queues. Uh, I just stopped and thought, oh, how bad is this going to be? And, and I don't like being this cynical. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like being cynical. It's fun being cynical. It's actually a little safe being cynical these days. But getting to the point where I see something like this and immediately think something terrible because Blizzard has been absolutely terrible in the last several years at least it's disheartening so yeah se- seeing something like this is a nice change of pace but i'm actually not holding out hope that they're going to keep uh, going forward in a positive light it's just yeah where are they going to screw up next right yeah it's it's a really i think it's a really good idea on paper i think it it will work out pretty well they might need to tweak the balance a little bit on how many passes you get or how far ahead you can cut in the queue things like that because it, well, it didn't it didn't make this clear but like if you can use for example like uh one pass to jump up a certain amount in the queue and two passes to jump up higher like that you know that I, feels like i don't think it's quite like that i think it's basically uh okay think of it uh well you've played mmo so think of it as uh, Q, uh, your general queue is like queuing for DPS classes in in like World of Warcraft uh, in the uh, looking for group thing. But if you queue as a healer, you get a group a lot faster because you know, more people are needing that compared to you know, needing just a handful of uh, DPS uh, per uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more slots available, so that's using the token. Uh, th- that's the way I'm taking it reading this. But the thing is that you could uh, bank up to 40 of them is interesting, and that's a lot, actually. Uh, they did say that they might uh, change that, though, and it's still being tweaked. But yeah, it's uh, interesting to see them trying to bait people away from playing all the damage classes all the time. You know, getting those supports in that are desperately needed for uh, games like this. Getting the, uh, I hate to say, less interesting uh Okay, how about this? Instead of less interesting or less fun, the less flashy uh, classes, more playtime. Because yeah. I'm going to use Team Fortress 2 as another as an example again, because like I said, I have a lot of playtime in it. But everybody uh, looks at the damage dealer uh, you know, getting all the kills, but they don't think about the medic healing everybody and getting that uh, uber charge to get the push through. Uh, to get that... You know, bit of invulnerability to you know, uh, get a foothold 
nobody really considers how difficult that actually is. They just yeah, yeah. Um, so it's less flashy, less glorious, but uh, a very dear goal. Yeah, I agree. I haven't played Overwatch. I've played other you know class based games and stuff like that, and I've fortunately or unfortunately tend to play support classes which don't get as much love and so this is not a, a specific problem i've generally experienced because it's like oh yeah you know must that that class is definitely needed so i'll i'll do that i like to be supportive i like to play medic and or engineer you know those types of of roles yeah see i, I tend to like to play the tankier classes which also uh, end up uh, being uh, at least pseudo support or area denial. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I absolutely love playing heavy, but it was a less than near class most of the time because you know it's just uh, it's an area denial. It's not the most uh, heavy uh, in Team Fortress Two is about area denial, but also flanking and uh, a more sustained DPS when. Uh, other classes have a lot better mobility and had a lot more spike damage that could kill people very quickly. So, right? So it was less used. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, hot take. Uh, I was scrolling through Twitter while we were talking about this. And you know how a certain uh, now former president of the United States has made many childish tweets, which have oh boy. landed him in hot water with, or not hot water, but have landed him in the position where a, a disproportionately large amount of his tweets have the, this claim is disputed on it. Uh-huh. Well, now that has become a spicy meme of sorts. And here is what I found uh, that Xbox posted that you can see. <laughs> so for for the listeners it's a oh. tweet from x like the official xbox twitter account that says the series s looks nothing like a speaker with the this claim is disputed on it because the xbox series s does look like a big speaker or maybe a a subwoofer um with its weird like air filter flow grill thingy on the front yeah to so. me it, and this is going to show my age it looks more like a record player. Yeah, you're an old man. And, and get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> All right. And I'll, I'll get off your lawn and go over to the next news topic, which hey. is Twitch streamers report DMCA takedowns for in-game sound effects. Okay, who's surprised uh, about D- the DMCA? Sound effects, that's the interesting bit. But the DMCA finally catching up to Twitch, who's surprised? Nobody? Yeah, nobody. I'm actually um, surprised it's taken this long, but sound effects, that's a new one. So, uh, you're starting to get into some murky territory where sound effects, yes, they're copyrighted, but they're also so mundane that it's going to be very, very, very difficult to be able to tell which sound effect bank this is from. Like, there's there could only be so many ticking clocks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I but I I do agree with your sort of initial thought pattern of like I can't believe it took this long for stuff like this to happen, which I think it was two or maybe three weeks ago was the first like explosion in DMCA takedowns for music, specifically in Twitch videos, um, like the the archival videos that that Twitch saves or that you know users can save, 
Um, I don't. How is this affecting actual live streams? Like in in progress. I, I think streams. it's hitting their vods more than anything. Which for some streamers that is a big perk to be able to uh, get a subscriber is that they could uh, go into the vods and look at their old stuff. Which I know it's kind of it's kind of counterintuitive when you think about Twitch because a lot about Twitch to me at least. Well, one it's uh you know prime gaming so there there's that already but. Uh, beyond that, it's you know, live entertainment and that interaction with a, a streamer. So going back to a VOD just feels a little odd, doesn't it? Yeah. The nicest thing about VODs from when I used to actually focus on trying to put stuff on Twitch a little bit more is that you can run sort of reruns of things. And so for a while, I was trying to do like streaming episodes of the podcast. And mm-hmm. so I would upload stuff and then rerun them on kind of a schedule. Um, and that was a neat feature that you could use with the VODs. But other than that, yeah, I don't like, I'll just go to YouTube to watch videos. Although, you know, different people interacting with different platforms in different ways. Like obviously my way is not the only one to do it, but typically yeah, when I think yeah, of watching way the correct way. So there is that, <laughs> but typically when I think of going to watch a video somewhere, it's, it's going to YouTube to do that. Yeah. With uh, Twitch being like more interaction. If, it's not like a uh, pre-recorded thing because, okay, food uh, guy, I like to go over to Twitch and there's a few food channels that just show like old uh, cooking uh, shows. So like uh, one of them shows a bunch of like uh, cooking shows from like the uh, 90s and early 2000s. And some of them are absolutely terrible, but then you get something like Justin Wilson come, right? Yeah. And it's not interacting with the channel but interacting with other people there talking back and forth like uh, just well a chat room and be able to uh, you know uh, uh, joke about oh how terrible the show is and almost to start uh, making fun of it but once again you know that's a interactive experience and it's not you know what this is really hitting which is the VODs and it's just it's still so weird that you know sound effects yeah the only it, it must be going after like particular games really like, uh, they know that this particular sound bank is in this game. That's the only way. Yeah. And there are a few, like, sort of iconic sound effects the that I can scream, think of, though. But... The Wilhelm scream, the sort of, like, stereotypical, like, glass shatter sound. Although, I don't know if that might mm-hmm. be in public domain. And then the uh, the ding sound effect that I primarily associate with cinema sins, but it's all over the place. Uh, fun fact, before I used the static transition sound, like a TV static for like to cut from, you know, one scene to a, or, you know, from one of our conversations to another, if I have to cut something out and there's not like really a smooth way to transition it in, I'll just use like that static transition effect. Um, mm-hmm. but I originally was going to use the ding and then I thought to myself, nah, I'll use something different. Cause the ding is like really loud. And it might not, like, mix well with the volume of the show. So I went with the static, which is a little quieter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a behind the, the curtain, how the sausage is made. Yeah, I'm actually trying to find if the Wilhelm scream is copyrighted, and that's disputed, actually. Uh, it looks like it is in public domain. Interesting. Wh- which actually explains a lot why it's uh, yeah, so prevalent these days, huh? Hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess our new transition effect is going to be the, the Wilhelm. The Wilhelm screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but I really think this is uh, 
well, one probably uh, copyright lawyers uh, being sent out by particular games. It doesn't actually say what games. They just say a uh, particular. I'm just going through some of the lists. Um, I'm trying to find uh, the the tweets here, and uh, nobody is mentioning what games this is, which is just okay. So one person from WoW Classic uh, got hit uh, with a police siren. So part of me just thinks this is uh, well, could be Blizzard, but yeah, uh, over uh, zealous uh, copyright lawyer. Uh, somebody with a vindic- uh, vindictive, I don't know. It's just, it, it feels weird just because, like I said before, there's only so many, like, grandfather ch- uh, clock chimes out there. Uh, there's only so many police sirens that it has to be somebody with knowledge of uh, these particular sound banks that something something feels funny about this, and I'm not sure what. My My guess is that somebody programmed a bot to go and look for specific matches from sound banks and just start crawling through people's VODs and finding those. And... Just being an asshole? Yeah. Now, the reason oh. why I said, uh, you know, it kind of surprises me that the DMCA took this long is that kind of the uh, notorious thing about Twitch, well, one, uh, the boob cams, right? Right. But also the fact that they've, been flagrant about uh, copyright shit for years now. How many times have you gone on a, a, a on a stream and just seen somebody playing whatever music that they like? Yeah, whatever copyright oh. music. I mean, all the time. And I mean, the in that brief window in time where we where I slash we tried streaming, I did it. I I played copyright music. See, I didn't. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. Well, that and I don't have the personality for it. I'm not cringy enough for it. Indeed. Too uh, much of a normie. Uh, it's just, maybe it is a bot. Who knows? Even though they have apologized for how they've been handling the DMCA taking down of thousands of videos before. It, it, it just, I think it's the fact that this is a company owned by Amazon as well. The fact that they're handling it so poorly just feels weird. You know? Yeah. Which I know, whenever they get a, DM, a DMCA uh, uh, takedown notice, they have to comply, otherwise they're in uh, violation of their safe harbor, and they can come under a pack. So, but deleting things outright over sound effects, really? That's just weird. I'd love to see a follow-up on this in a couple of weeks to just see what's going on. Yeah, I assume we will get something about it. Okay, like somebody uh, will talk. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, one of the games was Persona 5, another one was WoW. So, yeah, some pretty high-profile games, actually. So it's definitely not, you know, uh, you know, the indie games getting hit. But the fact that they've also, uh, uh, Twitch came out and said, oh, we'll just play your games on mute. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, oh Twitch. Because that's, that's really doable, is to play mm-hmm. on mute. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but then you hit the problem where the subtitles are copyrighted. You get taken down for having the subtitles up. Oh God, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. There's a dystopian future for you, right? Some weird, like closed captioning. <laughs> um, I don't know, criminal ring, and they're like, "Yeah, see, we gotta 
We gotta take down those videos. See, they got the closed captioning up. No, gotta get those royalties. I, I, I was just saying that uh, uh, they could treat it as a reproduction of the script because of the in-game uh, 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 subtitles, and they would go after him on the DMCA for that one because, of course, they would, right? Yeah, and there are some companies out there that are notorious for being very, very brutal with their copyright claims. Nintendo, right? Unless you're in their little clubhouse where you're paying them. Where you're paying them some money. Mm -hmm. Actually, Atlas is pretty bad about it as well, and one of them was uh, Persona 5. Hmm. Because remember we had a story a while back talking about how if you went past a certain point uh, on uh, streaming or putting videos up online, they'd issue takedown notices. Uh, for uh, the, the the latest at the time Persona. I think it was actually Persona 5. Hmm. H- hang on, I need to go get my tinfoil. <laughs> Seems a little bit suspicious. Yeah, it's, there's something wrong here. And I'm just not sure what it is. But hey, some uh, fun speculation, right? Yep, yep. I, I suspect we'll have a follow-up to this in a few weeks. I Maybe. Somebody somewhere is going to talk or yeah. figure something out. Yeah. They usually do. Yeah, well, All maybe, right. maybe we could bend somebody's uh, uh, fingers backwards and get some uh, news out of it. Yeah. Y- you don't really need those thumbnails, do you? <laughs> Here, let me just rip them off. Okay. <laughs> All right. So our final news topic of the night. PlayStation Plus is the only way to back up PS5 save games. Oh. So back around to console talk. Yeah. PlayStation sucks. PlayStation sucks. Just what the fuck, right? No. Yeah. I mean, they took a, a page right out of Nintendo's book, because this is how you back up your games on uh, the Switch, is you have you pay their $20 for their online service, and then you can back up your games to the cloud. Um, I'm not sure about doing backups to um, a uh, an SD card. I've uh, actually... Tried. Uh, all the USBs uh, do not allow files. Uh, they uh, said that the, uh, that in the article, I believe. For Sony? Because I, I was talking about the Switch. Oh, uh, uh, Switch either. Okay. Uh, the only way to back up, as far as I know, is uh, through the uh, service. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people uh, would back up their files anyways. Like, that's one of the things yeah, like, yeah, let's people this way. actually I'm looking, do back up. I'm looking at the Nintendo uh, customer support, and yeah, online membership for Nintendo Switch still to this day. So that's not going to change. Uh, well, I'm kind of uh, torn on this one, because I, I think a, a, a lot of people are going to have, or I, should, I think a significant portion of the player base is going to have PlayStation Plus anyway, because, yeah, just the features for it. So it's more kind of screwing the people that don't do online play, right? Yeah. And that's where, um, and that's where that really sucks is, uh, you know, if you don't do more, uh, multiplayer focused games and you just want to, you know, play whatever RPG or whatever or sports game uh, in single player or whatever, and you uh, uh, want to back up your safe, well, you can't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. My brain just, like, died on me for a second. I mean, okay. So, what this is, is taking a page right out of Nintendo's playbook, and then yep. taking that page and running with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Sony will somehow be much more successful in their endeavors, endeavors to do this than Nintendo. Because while Nintendo is a company, and they're certainly not perfect, Nintendo still sometimes does things and is like, oh, Nintendo, and they just, like, go away from it later. Sony is, has had decades of driving the knife in and twisting it. And I don't know how they're going to make this worse somehow, but I think that they will. And it will it will somehow... Like, this is one where Xbox gets it, like, perfect, and they have since the beginning. Like, your your stuff is backed up even if you don't have Xbox Live. Like, even if you don't pay for their gold service, all your shit, like, at least your save files, are backed up to the cloud. Uh, okay, and well, you can just... I, well, uh, uh, well, I just... I, I reread this, and I forgot about this part of the PlayStation thing, is that... If you have a backwards compatible PlayStation 4 game on your console, you're able to export the files to USB stick. <laughs> right? Right. They're, they're segregating the PlayStation 5 uh, portion of it. Actually, the PlayStation 5 is doing that a lot. Like, this is off topic, you know, off this specific topic, but what else is new for us? You can't use any of the um, PS4 specific um, accessibility controllers with the PS5. Like, because there have been some, you know, some special controllers that have been made, and nothing as on the same scale as Xbox's or, or Microsoft's, you know, accessibility or, you know, uh, disabled accessible controller that, like, is totally configurable, like those those, bar- those large buttons and everything. Sony has got that, um, you know, a si- not a similar system, but a system that, that can, you know, use disabled uh, accessories. Doesn't work on a PS5, but if you stream your PS5 gameplay through your PS4, you can use the controller on the PS4 for that to work. And also, I don't think PSV PSVR is is gone to PS5 as well. I don't think that's made the jump over to the new console. Actually, I have no idea on that one. I I do know I saw some people complaining that you can't even hook a Sony uh, Bluetooth control uh, uh, headset up to the console directly. <laughs> Which is just weird. Yeah. But I don't think it was that way with the PlayStation 4 either. But it's just, wow. I get Nintendo not doing Bluetooth on their stuff. Because I have a 3DS that, you know, was well past when Bluetooth was the norm. But you can't do Bluetooth. You just have a 3.5 millimeter jack, which is now kind of rare these days. Yeah. I'm about to get a new phone because mine is falling apart at the seams. And, uh... I don't think either of the models that I'm looking at have a version with a 3.5 millimeter jack. See, I have the last uh, Samsung Galaxy uh, uh, model that has the 3.5 millimeter. Yeah, which yeah, a couple of years ago I would have like thrown a huge fit over that, but at this point, everything that I have is Bluetooth, so it's not as big of an issue. I don't know. Yeah, actually, it looks like the Switch doesn't even have Bluetooth. Uh, 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 capability you have to use an adapter yeah which, that's the switch does not use bluetooth which i found annoying yeah but. i well i wasn't i wanted i was 100 percent sure about that and i had to go double check there is a little usb uh c bluetooth transmitter that you can buy though that just hooks into the bottom of it that i may have to look into if i get a switch huh yeah because adidas mentioned that's what she wants to do for uh my birthday slash Christmas. So, yeah, it's just... <sighs> Nintendo does some weird shit, but now Sony's uh, copying them. It's it's like the motion controls, but even worse. Right? Yeah. Yep. PS5 sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Spider-Man. Except for the Spider-Man. Supposedly. 
Xbox also is super great because I'm a PC master racer. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but see, the Xbox you can make fries out of. You can. It julienne's fries. <laughs> it slices. It dices. Julienne's fries. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, but I think I'm going to skip that. And I think I'll stick with my mandolin. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah. And that's mandolin with an E. It's not the instrument. Not the musical instrument. Yeah. So uh, that does it for our news topics for this week. Gonna have a um, a shorter show than usual because we didn't have too many games to talk about. Yeah. Um, I didn't see anything for uh, Community Corner. No. Yeah, same. Uh, Jim did post about SpaceX, but uh, in Discord, but that's really been about it that I've seen. But to be fair, I was kind of pissed this weekend, so I wasn't watching that closely. Yeah, there was SpaceX stuff. There was a little bit about Factorio because we oh, were oh, going to do it. Another... Uh, it's going to be too late by the time the show comes out, but GOG is giving away Butcher. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said that. So, if you listen to this episode when it releases, um, or you know, within a couple days after it releases, um, Elite Dangerous is going to be free on the Epic Store for seven days. I think that starts... This Thursday, so the day before this releases, it's going to be free for a whole week. Um, And it's the full game. Like, all of the expansions are now included as part of the base game. So you can get the full game for free on the Epic Store. And anyone who gets that and wants to play, because Frontier runs their own multiplayer servers, you don't have to worry about being quarantined off in Epic's weird, shitty little multiplayer land. Yeah, but and, yeah, but I have to deal with epic shitty little uh, storefront, so no thanks. That's true, but other people might not be bothered by this. And if you do want to play, hit me up. I haven't played in a couple of years, but I have tens of millions of credits and a bunch of spaceships. I would come help you learn how to play and like protect you while you, if you want to run missions or you know things like that. I mean, I I would I would happily give you some money. Um. I would give you some stuff, but, you know, depending on how you feel about that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to ruin your experience by showing up and being like, hey, here's 20 million credits worth of stuff. Go get a cool ship, kid. Like, I want to help you. So if you get the game and you want somebody to play with, hit me up. I'll gladly install and break out the HOTAS and go shoot space rocks or space aliens. Your call. Yeah, but be sure to get bounty, by the way, Jared. Be sure to get what? Uh, On GOG. Oh. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I will go get that. Or oh, sorry, not but, Bounty, but Butcher. I was looking at their sale. Uh, they have a made in Poland sale. And I was looking at Bounty Train uh, for a whole 49 cents. Nice. But yeah, I'm glad you said that because I had intended to mention that and I had completely forgot. So, yeah, I just, yay. Don't, wanna, I just don't want to deal with Epic. All right. I, would, I just went and got Butcher now. It will appear in my account soon. Ooh. So... Yes. Would you like to do... Oh, wait, no. Where can people send us things if they want to send us things? Well, if you were to send us an email, you could do so, do so over at VGL Podcast. Uh, uh, VGL Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you could tweet, us to, tweet it to us at VGL Podcast on the Twitter. Or you can find our Discord over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Now... Do you want to go on over for a little doobly-doo in the discovery queue? Yep. Uh, let's uh, get some uh, music going. And as usual, I have my queue up. And I have something 
really interesting in the start. This is uh, going to be, I think, Ghost Shark. Uh, him all over it. Firefighting Simulator, The Squad. <laughs> so, a multiplayer co-op firefighting game. It actually has some really good reviews on it. It's actually somewhat impressive looking. I mean, it's not, yeah. Uh, oh my god, these graphics. But I gotta say that the fire effects, at least in the screenshots, look pretty decent. And it, there's not really a lot of firefighting games uh, out there. So, yeah. Having a uh, proper firefighting game uh, with uh, co-op multiplayer, that, that sounds neat. Indeed, that does sound neat. It does look like there's no in-game voice chat. But honestly, most people, I think that would be playing this co-op would be in a Discord or something anyway. So I don't really consider that a uh, that strong of a problem. And it looks like it's all the way from the fire station up to the fire, uh, fire rescue or whatever as well. Now the question is, are they going to have post-launch support? Because this isn't even early access. This is a full release. Which mm-hmm. actually feels a little strange for a game like this, doesn't it? That is That does feel pretty rare these days. Did it have an early access period, or did it just straight to release? Uh, it looked like straight to release, because there's no mention of early access whatsoever. Uh, and it, I would say it's about right-ish for this type of game, uh, assuming that it has a decent enough uh, uh, amount of content. It's 25 bucks normally, it's 20 bucks right now, with... Uh, I think three to four player, uh, three uh, four player co-op, so three other players, or you can have AI as well, uh, depending on how well the AI works. So yeah, I'm interesting, and not a lot of people giving it bad reviews at all, which is, hmm, right? Yeah, it's neat. So uh, I also got a co-op game, uh, a way out. Which, for anyone listening who doesn't remember this game, I believe it was two years ago at E3. Um, this was uh, announced, or maybe it was three years ago at E3. was announced um, as an EA game made by the same people who did... Um, <laughs> uh, and fuck the Oscars. Oh yeah, and fuck the Oscars. <laughs> but it, it was made by the same people who made uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the co-op prison break game. Where that you and another person are are breaking out of prison and going on a little adventure, and it's the the entire game is co-op and has this interesting like split screen aesthetic for most of it, where that you can see both players and like their own perspectives on the ongoing scene and stuff. Yeah, but it also uh, shifts how much of the screen is uh, shown uh, depending on how much action's uh, doing. So for yeah. uh, for some things it might be fifty uh, fifty, but then there's other portions where. You, uh, actually, one of the screenshots shows a three-way three uh, uh, split screen where you can see uh, someone shooting at you and your uh, buddy uh, while you see both your perspective and their pers- and your uh, partner's perspective as well. Which uh, The fact that they're doing different things with the split screen as well instead of just a static split screen is interesting. Yeah, and I thought that this game looked interesting from the first time that I saw it. But until recently, it's only been available on EA uh, or Origin Access or whatever uh, EA's thing is. Yeah, um, but you know because EA has been bringing everything back to Steam recently, uh, this shows up on Steam. So I mean, it's thirty bucks to buy it. Um, you can also get the EA uh, there, like Game Pass equivalent, for five bucks a month. You get that on Steam now, and this is available through that. So. 
five bucks if you go for the subscription service, and then thirty bucks if you just want to buy the game straight out. So, yeah, it's it. I've been interested in it since I first saw it. Yeah, and if it I recall correctly, it, uh, I'm not sure if the uh, if the Steam version has it, but I believe the EA uh, 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 or Origin access or uh, Origin version of it. Sorry, uh, had it where only one person had to have it, and the other person could basically load up the demo and play uh, co-op. Yeah. Uh, or there was some sort of thing going on where you, only one of the, the two people needed it. I know on this they say that share the game online with friends with remote play together, but I'm not sure if uh, that's the way that it was uh, ran on Origin. I'd have to look into that one. Yeah. All right. What's, what have you got? So I have Sakuna uh, of Rice and Ruin. A JRPG that looks really, really cute. <laughs> right? <laughs> I like things that are cute. Uh, and of Ruin. It has this kind of uh, odd art style, and I quite and I can't quite put my finger on how to describe it. It, it looks uh, like a almost realistic anime. You know, like a super high def anime. Uh, where all the characters are very uh, drawn in the anime art style. However, they went out of their way to make them look like super realistic uh, in that art style. It's just odd. But it kind of draws out how just cute they are as well. So I don't know much about this game. It's uh, discover uh, the true power of rice. <laughs> Take on hordes of demons in the side-scrolling combat. Recantling the uh, land as Sukia, a spoiled harvest guard, uh, goddess, banished to the da- uh, dangerous island, then return to your mountain village and tend to a uh, field of glorious rice. So, part farm sim, part RPG, part side scroller? Sure. Why not? Why not? While being cute the entire way. I mean, it's odd, but it looks fun. Indeed. I got something that looks weird. Uh, King of Crabs. Battle Royale with crabs and no shrinking arena. Intense, massive multiplayer fun. Battles up to 100 real players per game. Scrap, scavenge, and slaughter your way to becoming the King of Crabs. Uh, Uh, That's a crab with a mallet. I know, and there's a crab that has Captain America sword, or sword, gosh, Captain America shield, but there's also a crab with a sword. Uh, it's also it. free to play, which is the probably the right price for this sort of thing, even though there are some people that are saying pay to win. This looks so stupid, but I kind of like it because of how stupid it looks. I mean, yeah, crabs with weird weapons fighting each other sounds like a good way to spend a couple of hours. So, yeah, king of crabs. So, I got Apex Legends, which is another Battle Royale. (laughs) Uh, Another free-to-play, but this is EA's entry into the Battle Royale. This is the one that kind of came out of nowhere, to be perfectly honest. And uh, Maybe it's just I'm not in the scene, Uh, but after its release, I heard really nothing about it. Which, you know, is kind of a, you know, a mixed blessing because, you know, it's also not saying that the game's dead, right? Right. But, you know, it, it seems like it's going on uh, fairly well. That If I recall correctly, it had a lot more movement than, uh, uh, it was more movement-based uh, with uh, particular special abilities than uh, Fortnite was. But, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to play Apex Legend but didn't want to deal with Origin, there you go, right? 
Indeed. Which, honestly, I can't blame you if you don't want to be- deal with Origin. So, I got one. ICBM, and I'm... I'm yeah, I just I just had that pop up. That's so DEFCON, isn't it? Yes, I was. I couldn't think of the name DEFCON, but yes, this looks like a more modern take on DEFCON in terms of, like, the... Um, it's interface def- and the graphics it's defcom with a research tree because when you get down to it defcom was a very simple game at the end of it but this is more focused on actual gameplay on top of everything plus another layer i mean yeah. really interesting i'm not sure about the 20 dollars price tag but it really depends on just yeah one uh community because there's not a uh, you know, getting uh, multiplayer going. If if there even is multiplayer, is there multiplayer online? Online PvP. So yeah, there is multiplayer. Yeah. So I do like uh, they claim multiple roads to victory. So different ways you could deal with things. So hmm. yeah, but I I like it. I like the looks of it. So I, I got something odd. Okay. I, I thought this type of game was dead, but I guess not. Fuser. The new rock band, it seems. So all right. So this is from Harmonix, <laughs> uh, from the creators of Rock Band and Dance Central. Welcome to Fuser, a nonstop digital music festival where you control the music and share it with the world. So oh, I think I know what this is or what this is based off of. Sorry, uh, go ahead. I'm gonna. Uh, it, it, it's mixing different samples of uh, music from the sound of it. Yeah, so there was a board game thing of this, like a physical object, and you bought like packs of cards or booster packs that like included like new music to sample from. I always loved the concept, but I hated that it was like a, a card pack thing. So it looks like someone has taken that, or maybe even the people who actually like made it, like licensed it out to Harmonix, and have turned this into a video game, which feels like the perfect spot for it. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, the name of the board game was Fuse. Yeah. Which da, 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 I'm just seeing who actually owned the rights to Fuse. Direwolf Digital. Why does that sound familiar? Doesn't sound familiar to me. It sounds familiar to me, and I don't know why. And this is a, a, a like an all-encompassing uh, uh, app as well that covers several different board games. But this feels familiar, and I don't and I don't know why. But yeah, so the PC game version of Fuse, essentially, uh, with so much DLC to start with, a hundred bucks worth of DLC, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those games where you don't buy all the DLC unless you're crazy or you stream a lot. Uh, you pick out the s- songs that you like, but two bucks per song is a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this, and it's not even like pa- packs of uh, from an artist. It's one song from the looks of it. But hey, if you want to mix Elias Morset, uh ironic with uh, you know some Usher, well, that's two DLCs for you, right? Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I honestly want to do that. <laughs> I <laughs> so you know there'll be a sale one day. It'll be half half the price or less and there'll be like a big content pack and you mm-hmm. get to go with it like I'll, I'll buy this at some point i just i i will i just will so they'll get some of my money at some point in the future when it's on sale um 
But yes, so I got uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered. So from the days of when Need for Speed was still good and not full of pay-to-win microtransaction bullshit. Um, Looking at the reviews for this, it looks like that pretty much it's just a... um, a, uh, Like they upped the the textures, uh, increased the resolution of the textures and... Uh, things like that, and then have re-released the game, but it also includes all the DLCs. And a lot of people are complaining about that, and fair enough if you want want more. But as someone who really used to enjoy the the Need for Speed games and hates how they've been ruined, I'm I'm okay with this um, as long as it actually works. Because the last couple of Need for Speed games, the older ones that I've bought, haven't worked properly. And no one is complaining about it having an issue running, except for maybe slow menus, at least that I've seen. Um, but that most of the complaints are that it's just an up-res of it. So. Yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. So, yeah. So, I got an interesting one. Proteus. So, essentially, Doom... Or, or Doom 2 with uh, up-res... <laughs> of uh, graphics so mm-hmm. and a lot of gore and a lot of blood so it's a reimagined <clears throat> reimagined using sorry proteus is a first person shooter of old reimagined using modern written written technologies that reaches the quality you expect from a triple a experience also market transactions uh while uh, uh adhering to some of the aesthetic uh technical limits of older hardware so all the enemies look like they are the old uh, 2D sprites from Doom era, uh, but of higher quality. They're a little pixelated, but not terribly so. Yeah. Uh, and whenever you kill one, it has the same animation, but it, it actually looks really good. And it looks like it is focused on a campaign with, uh, I would assume, probably multiplayer available eventually. Yeah, uh, single player only, it looks like. I'm not sure if they're planning on multiplayer. I'm just checking. Let's see. Uh, planning 8 to 12 uh, month early access. Uh, our current version has a 3 to 5 hour single player uh, campaign. A larger variety of uh, uh, weapons and monsters to blow up will be included with a fully featured level editor. There you go, right? Uh, with an integrated Indeed. community workshop as well. That, that is really interesting. I think you get some legs to this. So yeah, uh, Proteus, that's one to watch, huh? Especially if you're a fan of old school shooters. Yeah. Um, so I got Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. Uh, it's like a remastered uh, th- version. Yeah, this the, is the good one. Yeah, the good Ghostbusters game. The one that you did a Let's Play th- through on ages your YouTube ago. channel. Yeah, ages ago. Not so, uh, the remaster, but uh, the problem with the old one, but one, it's not available anywhere anymore because it got pulled because licensing is a thing. But also... It has a physics issue where if, or physics issue where if you're not running Intel hardware, uh, certain levels will just chug. Like the final boss, uh, there was noticeable, like, severe drops, even if I wasn't recording, just because it was rendering so many physics particles. So the fact that they're, they, you know, brought back Ghostbusters is, uh, yeah, a nice little surprise. And actually made it look, well, kind of pretty. I mean, it's obviously still kind of dated. Yeah. Uh, but 
what's interesting about uh, this game is that it's essentially what the script of the third Ghostbusters movie was going to be back in the you know 80s uh, slash 90s before you know uh, corporate meddling came in. It'll be interesting to uh, see uh, what uh, the new Ghostbusters movie is like. I think it's still supposed to. I think it's d- delayed till next year now, just because you know everything is right. I haven't seen any info on that. Um, but I, according to this, it looks like they up the textures, did some performance uh, tweaks to make it run better, and then upscaled all the cinematics to 4K. Yeah, which, uh, if you played the old one or have it, you know, not really needed to, I uh, need to get this, but, eh, right? Yeah. So, I got something that looks somewhat interesting. It's, uh... A little bit of a spooky game. Uh, let me go ahead and copy-paste this because I didn't already. Labyrinthine. A uncover the dark secrets of an overgrown maze with friends online. So, online co-op. Find items and run from bloodthirsty de- uh, denizens of the maze as well. So, uh, a online co-op game, which is kind of uh, like this odd subgenre of uh, horror games now. I'm not sure if this is a... Uh, uh, asymmetric uh, multiplayer where you know, one of your buddies plays uh, you know, one of the uh, big bads or what or if you're just against the environment but interesting to say the least yeah it is early access though so you know you're not getting the full thing and it looks like they had a crowdfunding thing that I'm just double checking that they had an Indiegogo which wow that's not that is not a a good thing they had an indiegogo that had a total of four backers (laughs) uh that raised a whole 206 dollars but yeah it could be just the fact that you know it's indiegogo so it's the less representative of the two uh major kickstarter or the uh, kickstarter uh uh, crowdfunding things also could just be you know they were banking on getting uh, noticed by a game blog, and that just never happened. So, yep, the fact that their uh, Indiegogo didn't pan out, even though they did still get that two hundred seven dollars, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah, solo play is available with up to four player uh, multiplayer. So yeah, I mean, interesting if you're into this sort of game. Looks like they're planning on doing fifteen dollars at, at full price whenever the game is fully uh, released. Assuming it does get fully released, of course, because yeah, early access. But yeah, yeah, interesting. So I got another Need for Speed game, but this is the shitty one that ruined the series. It's got loot boxes and other microtransaction bullshit in it. <laughs> Need for Speed Payback. I just put this on the list to contrast. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit and Payback are extremely similar, actually, in the story of their games. Payback adds some extra stuff to it about, like, uh, revenge and, you know, it adds, like, it adds, like, Fast and the Furious elements to it. But the basic, like, you're out in the desert doing stuff, you know, that's pretty similar. And it's interesting how good Hot Pursuit looks in comparison to Payback. Like the older game, even you know, get a little bit of a remaster, a little bit of an up-res. But car games just look really good. Um, but anyways, yeah, stay away from Payback. I put it on here just to to mention it, but stay away from it. It's bullshit. If you're gonna buy a Need for Speed game, buy Hot Pursuit. Is that the latest one or one of the later ones? Payback. Yeah, Payback is either the late, the most recent. That, that, that's or the, the one that they tried to make recent. it look like Fast and the Furious, and it looked terrible. Yeah, Fast and the Furious, and they added. 
loot boxes. Oh to yeah, it okay, okay. Why I, rem- not? I remember a couple articles talking about people having to sit in the essentially the store parking lot to wait for the store to refresh because yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the uh, the in-game currency stores only held a handful of items at a time, that sort of thing. If memory mm-hmm. serves correctly, it's just and the car upgrades came from the loot boxes. <clears throat> yeah, so many stupid design decisions. But how about a yeah. good design decision? So I got super liminable. This is sweet. Uh, I played the demo of this what during the summer. Yeah, I uh, believe so. So this is. A fucking amazing puzzle game. This has that feel of Portal where uh, it does something weird, but as soon as you kind of get your head into it, it does so so many amazing things. So the idea of Super Limbo is that it's playing with perspective. So think of like uh, picking up a glass or something and holding it up to your face. Well, because it's closer to you, it looks bigger. Well, in this game, if you were to then release it, the glass is bigger. So it plays with perspective as in uh, uh, grabbing blocks to uh, these like little tiny wooden children's toy blocks and pulling them up uh, close to you so they look bigger and then releasing them so you get these massive blocks that you could jump up on. Uh, moving uh, doll houses in one of the uh, trailers showing that you're actually going into the dollhouse as a way to progress because you're able to make it larger in your perspective. There's a few uh, puzzles that were in the demo that were location-based, so you had to line up uh, these fragments of, like, a block. Uh, sort of like... And boy, this is going to be dating me. Uh, some of the uh, river puzzles in the first Batman uh, Arkham Asylum game, where if you stood in a particular place, everything lined up and you could see the question mark. Uh, sort of like that in this, where all the fragments of like a cube or a puzzle piece would line up to form a solid object and they would drop into the real world. So, a very fascinating, amazing demo. And I'm seeing nothing but praise for this. A uh, couple people are saying uh, that it is a little short. So that is probably the only downside to this. And it is a $20 game. So the fact that it might be a little short, you know, could hurt it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, absolutely amazing demo. And yeah. uh, actually, I don't see the demo. They have the demo. I don't see the demo, which is a little disappointing. If they had the demo, I would say definitely try out the gem- the demo to get a feel for it. Because it has that portal, like, aha, well worth trying. Yeah. So, I'm done with my queue. Um, I got Firefighting Simulator, and then I got Fuser, and then I got some porn games. Uh, and then I got a game that did not have the English, or that didn't have English. Uh, it, it wasn't an English language game. So Yeah, I got a game that looked really promising, and then I realized it was a porn game. It- yep. Yeah, I had I had three porn games, and not even any that were interesting enough to talk about, but then sort of you like not put them on the list. So just some boring, shitty porn games. I mean, this one actually looked interesting. It's a visual novel about the apocalypse and uh, being in a shelter with a bunch of women to bang. But you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's let's put it this way: the uh, the second and third uh, screenshots are highly explicit, which is kind of funny thinking about it in the. US, yeah. 
Oh no, tits. But yeah, yeah. Somebody getting their head blown off. Eh, alright. Yeah, that's fine. Tits though. Mm, we gotta stop those. Not allowed. Okay, well, since I, I actually started another queue to have it uh, set up for next week, but I gotta add this because this is weird. It was my first game on this next queue, and since we both had a kind of a disappointing end, let's have uh, a high note. Or how about uh, an interesting note? Bee Simulator. We've had, <laughs> we've had crabs. We've had firefighters. Now we have bees. Live the big adventure of a small bee. Explore a world brimming with life in which you collect pollen, uh, defy dangerous wasps, and save your hive. Play with others in three-game modes, including co-op and PvP on split screen. So, no multiplayer, or no online multiplayer, but split screen modes, which is interesting. It actually doesn't look like that bad a game. It's a bit expensive. It's 30 bucks normally. So, yeah, there is that. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like you're a bee flying around maybe a zoo or something. Just based on some of the rather diverse wildlife, right? Yeah. Or this is just, yeah, a random asset pack that they grabbed. But, yeah, full release. All right? Yeah. Oh, and you can, Very da- cool. and you can dance with other bees. <laughs> All right? Oh, my God. Souls. Game of the year, 2020. Bee Simulator. Dancing with other bees. <laughs> All right? They got me. How much does it cost? Um... Uh, uh, 20 bucks right now. That's a steal right there. Only $20 to dance with other bees. Mm-hmm. Just mwah. Almost I'm somewhere as good between as facetious make, and serious. Uh, almost, uh, almost as good as uh, making your own tortillas. Almost. <laughs> almost. But not quite. But uh, that, that bee simulator should have sound like the bee's knees. Ugh. Uh, how much I, I'm willing yeah. to spend on it as none of your bees wax. Oh, I got stung on that one. Oh. Pew, 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 pew. Bigger guns. And, and now I'm just thinking of uh, Tales from the Borderlands. That entire sequence with the finger guns. Yeah. With the robot. No, I was or, the, well, the, the robot office. and the office uh, going through like the cafeteria and everything. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, shame Telltale fucked up, huh? Because they had some interesting games. They did. They did indeed. Hey, but Sam and Max is coming back from the original developers. They're, they are uh, re-releasing that. So, hey, we may see more Sam and Max. Well, I'm not the biggest Sam and Max fan. Like, it's not bad. It just isn't, like, high up on my list. Yeah, but the thing is that, you know, Sam, Sam and Max kind of got screwed over because it wasn't the... You know, Walking Dead uh, uh, style game that they had. So I'll take it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for our cues. So, hey, Rage, hit him with the socials. Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gamer with CR, or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at JMA4707. You can be my friend on Steam by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is fuck Windows Update. Fuck Windows <laughs> Update. It screwed us both over at some point, huh? Yep, and I'm sure it will again. Mm-hmm. Now I'm having to figure out what my word list is to actually add that to the thing. Uh, where are you? Because if I don't do it now, I'll forget about it. 
Are you looking or did uh, no, we, did, I, I just... found it. Okay. <laughs> that pause won't be reflected, but there was a lengthy pause and I'm like, uh, did one of us get disconnected? Oh, no, I was uh, searching through the Dropbox because I keep my uh, uh, words there. I keep the best words there. Right. Matter of fact, it looks like I have Dropbox really fix that later. Dropbox made a copy of Dropbox in Dropbox. Good for Dropbox. Yo, dog, I heard you like Dropbox, so I'm going to Dropbox in your Dropbox. Right? Yeah. So, uh, right. Why? <sighs> I'm going to remember to fix that. That's eating up a, a fair amount of drive space. But before I do that, once again, you can contact us, Podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or tweet them to us, Podcast on said Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. If you find out more, patreon.com slash Podcast. And our patrons also make uh, the Podbean possible, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, links to all our stuff online, including the dead stuff, or you can share the love with iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and our discovery key music is doobly doo by the same artist. You can find his work at, at incompetech.com, so we won't get DMCA'd, and... <laughs> as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Well, bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.